Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the O Show podcast, episode 488. It is time for Always Bet on Jack and Zach, presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up for that 50% bonus by heading over to BetOnline.ag. Use this promo code, capital B-L-E-A-V-50. Again, that's capital B-L-E-A-V-50 for a 50% bonus. We are also now brought to you by Eat Clean Phoenix. You can head on over to Eat Clean Phoenix, Arizona's number one meal delivery service. Free delivery Sunday through Tuesday. And you can order by using the number 602-573-7643. Again, that's 602-573-7643. We got a lot to unpack this week on Always Bet on Jack and Zach. Don't get it twisted. It's not the other way around. Not Zach and Jack. It is Jack and Zach. Zach Kelly. So we uh, we determined our Super Bowl this week. We yes. determined that the man with the most Super Bowls in history is hanging it up for good. He will mm-hmm. not win another Super Bowl. We determined that Roman Reigns is still the Universal Champion after the WWE Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble. But we will get into all of that and more after you gloat for the fourth consecutive I week. So, so I... Went five and zero the first five weeks as King Richard. You were oracleless. You were the oracle of being in perfection. But now this this time wow. around, you have been perfect the last four four weeks. Yes. So we're, almost, uh, we're the season's going to be a wash. It's going to be five hundred five and five if you win the Super Bowl. It's going to come down to one game. Yes. Yes. One which decision we're doing next costs week you everything. It's two weeks, so it's next week that we'll do it. Because uh, I don't even have the spread yet. Yes, uh, but yeah, last week uh, I was three of five. You were one of four, and uh, Oracle squeaked by yet again. So it'll now go it's down. Not just I, I predicted the winner in that game. You, you chose San Fran, but you won how? So because you you picked the Rams not even to cover, and right. you also could pick the over. I picked the under. Right. So I was right about two things. You were right about one thing. Right. So I was, beat you double in that one. Yeah. Well. Just so everybody knows, you, you make up the rules as you go I along. I literally have explained so. it to you. It's been the same all nine weeks. But the exciting part is that not only is it one week because it's Super Bowl, it comes down to one game to determine yeah, whether right? it's a wash or whether Keen Richards stands victorious. Well, we don't know the spread yet, obviously, but do you know who you are going to go I'm picking with? the Bengals to win. You're picking the Bengals to win. Uh, yeah. You get, hey, I went go big or go home. That's been helping me the past three weeks in the playoffs. Is just picking picking dogs to like cover or win, at cover and at least uh, at least cover or cover and win. So I'm picking the dogs again. Joe Joe Chill man, Joe Burrow. What an amazing show that second half against Kansas City this weekend. Uh, well, let's talk about those two games because again, for the second week in a row, probably two of the best sporting spectacles we'll see in the National Football League in quite yes. some time. I, I'd say the divisional round were some of the four best games that we've seen in decades oh, absolutely. in the NFL. And then they followed it with the championship games, both coming down to the wire. Back-to-back overtime games in uh, KC at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. They came down to a game-time field goal as time expired two weeks in a row for the Chiefs. Yeah, crazy. Weren't as lucky this time around because they're not going back to their fourth Super Bowl. Um, no, it would be their third, 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 Super third Super Bowl in four years. They hosted the AFC title game four years in a row. Mm-hmm. But they won't be heading back because the Bengals were able to pull it off 27-24 after being down 21-3. to Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I think it really came down to that play at the end of the first half when instead of taking the field goal... They try and like get cute with no timeout, throw it to Tyreek. Yeah. He gets tackled in balance. They don't even get three, let alone 
seven since he feels great. And Patrick Mahomes was perfect. He had a 98.3 quarter QBR, which a perfect score is 100. So he was that close to being perfect. And then a second half, he had a 1.6. He was almost like completely imperfect. It was the tale of two halves. I've never seen, obviously Patrick Mahomes had slumps even this year, but seeing him that bad in the second half was just crazy. But you got to give it out to the Cincinnati Bengals. No one thought they would be here. I don't think even even our good friend Michael Turner, diehard. Congratulations fan. to Michael mm-hmm. Turner. Congratulations, Michael. See where send people more unsolicited tire picks. That's my favorite thing he does on his Instagram stories. Just find people that are fans of the other team that he just beat, the Bengals just beat, and send them just tiger pictures. Just just just, just spam them within their DMs. I think that's so hilarious. But there's your cheap Michael Turner plug of the episode. <laughs> But it was it was sensational. Yeah. Right. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I didn't even pick them to beat the Raiders. No, you did. Yeah. Weekend, they beat the Raiders. Then the number one seeded Titans. Titans in I Nashville. I, I did beat. I did pick them yes. to beat the Titans. I, I was never a fan of the Tennessee Titans. They, come on, seriously, one yeah. seed in the AFC. I don't think so. Tennessee they they felt not without Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, they were posers all year long. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, I, I don't think anybody. Anybody had them beating the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. After Josh Allen's performance, the fact that he wasn't able to get over that hump, 13 seconds left, Mm. nobody's beaten the Chiefs at Arrowhead. They've been in this game four consecutive years. They're going to their third straight Super Bowl, up 21-3 to at Arrowhead. Even Tony Romo said, I didn't think that they were going to make that comeback. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, 100%. It was crazy, but uh, second game was its own unique one. Probably not as good as the AFC, but the NFC Championship game. Niners had control up until the end of that fourth quarter, and Niners fans can be real upset that they dropped that interception. I think it was like 7.53 left when Matthew Stafford just threw in such an errant pass. So right in the hand, I believe Tart is the name of you, how you pronounce the DB that was back there, hits his hands, and then he drops it. And then, you know, Stafford's like, all right, you gave me a freebie. He runs down a couple plays to OBJ and Cooper Cup and scores the uh, touchdown. That would be the game when he won. But if you're San Francisco, you're like, we had just got that interception, or Jimmy G just hadn't thrown that interception. San Francisco feels like just like one or two plays different than I mean, in that game. He honestly performed the exact same way he performed against Dallas and um, Green Bay. Jimmy you know, G, like yeah. He, mm-hmm. he played just good enough to win the game, but unfortunately for him, Matthew Stafford, unlike Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers, actually performed decently well. Yes. Right? So he was able to come back after what was 17 7. They win it 2017. Yep, yep. They win it 2017. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G, again, all playoff season long, all season long, really, overthrowing like that 150-yard reception that should have been down the middle of the field early on in that game. Hurt, hurt. Wide open, wide open. Would have been an 80-yard reception. He was was at the 23-yard line early on in this game, Mm -hmm. first or second quarter. I think it was Kittle down the middle of the field. And his defense gave him chances. I mean, we talk about the one drop by his defense, but, you know, in the first quarter... I think it was like the Rams either first or second drive of the game. They're about to score, you know, a touchdown, and they intercepted Stafford in the end zone. His defense gave him all the opportunity that he needed, and he just didn't capitalize on it. But I think it'll be a very exciting matchup between the Rams and the Bengals. Probably not one many predicted, but I think it'll be a fun game in Super Bowl 56 nonetheless. Second time in history. Second yes. time in history and second time in the last in two row, years yeah. that the home team is After hosting the Super Bowl. After 54 years of it never happening, Super Bowl 55, 56 the uh, T home team will be playing in the Super now, Bowl. Now, do you give that? Do you think that gives the Rams an advantage? It definitely gave the Bucks an advantage last year. So, no, and there's two reasons for that. One, the part that helped give give the advantage last year for the Bucks was not only do I think that Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, have a 
better fan base currently than the Los Angeles Rams do at the moment. Uh, it was also a COVID year, so you had to be like a lot of it was, you know, given out to doctors and first frontline workers in the area and people traveling less. And so a lot was a lot more local people attending the game. So I think it was bigger there. And the second part is that I think the bang that now that it is no longer COVID and the Rams fan, I mean, it was 60% Niner fans at the NFC Championship game. I get, you know, San Francisco's not that far from LA, but I, I don't think the home field advantage of the Super Bowl will be nearly as beneficial to the Rams as it was to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. Well, speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're heading back to the island of irrelevancy because their quarterback of two years, 22-year vet, seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady is calling it quits. And I think that the funniest thing when he announced that officially yesterday, because, again, it was announced over the weekend that he was retiring. Yeah, I'm but at the same it. time, like, Tom's dad was like, Tommy hasn't made a decision yet, and you're thinking in the back of your head, like, oh, no, oh, no, he's coming back. He's going to win mm-hmm. at least one more. And then he finally announces his retirement this week. Um, the funniest thing is that he did not mention the New England Patriots once in his goodbye, nope. in his goodbye speech. It wasn't not until once. Robert Kraft posted his message that he sort of, like, commented on Robert Kraft's story, but that was about it, and it was pretty much just like, Love you too. Like no real mention of you know the fans that you know he played for for or the city for twenty years. Especially no mention of Bill. I think there's clearly, clearly still some anger that Bill pushed him out the door. Clearly too early. Clearly had stuff left in Thomas doesn't think, and he feels slighted that Bill. You know after how much he did for Bill Belichick and that organization, the fact that Bill treated still treated him like just one of fifty three that he never got, or like the twenty two year old, you know. Right. Seventh round Which is, pick. has to be tough. Like, we can't really see it from his perspective because he, and he had Tom Brady when he was just a kid. Yes. 20, years go, 20 years go by, you're equally as old as Tom Brady is. Like, you're equally, like, 30 years older than mm-hmm. the kid, right? You're always going to look at him as, as a kid. Absolutely. Your dad's always going to look at you as a kid, even mm-hmm. though you're going to look like a kid for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> We've all seen the graduation poster in your bedroom, wow. okay? You're maybe, always going to be treated like age. a kid. Maybe I might age. My face but like Bill, Bill Belichick will always look at Tom Brady as a kid, so it's like you can't really fault him. We've, we're never going to see it from his perspective. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's a, he's a tough son of a bitch as a, yes. as a coach in the National Football League. That's always going to be you know, his, his uh, mantra, his reputation. I think my greatest Bill, and you could share yours as well if you can figure one out, my favorite Bill Belichick quote is when the Patriots, it had to be like during the 2016 season or something, mm-hmm. they were going to Green Bay to play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, week 12, huge matchup. Patriots were the one seed at the time going into the playoffs. Packers were probably one, two, three, like Rodgers versus Brady, right? And a reporter asks, Bill Belichick, what are you most looking forward or what are you looking forward to most in this matchup? I mean, what are some of the similarities that you see in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? And he just looks into the camera and goes, they both wear 12. And then he walked off the podium. Like, that's the type of guy. Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit about the reporters. No, he right? does not. He cares about winning football games. So, yeah, I guess my favorite Bill quote, I don't want to talk too much about Bill because as far as we know, he's still... Uh, coaching, so on. Like, no. My favorite Bill one is I think I think it was the 2015. They were they're getting got blown out either by like the Chiefs or the uh, Broncos at the time, and they asked him like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And he just goes, "We have a game next Sunday. We're preparing for that." That was his whole yep. response. But yeah, so like obviously, clearly that level we're on to Cincinnati. Ass. Yeah, that that's right. We're on to that's Cincinnati. Right. We're on that's to right. Cincinnati. And then they went on and ran the table well, after that. Cincinnati. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, I think my favorite like Tom. I don't know the Tom quote, but my favorite moment was 
don't know if you've seen any of the episodes of Man in the Arena yet. It's when he's talking about like his love of like Drew Bledsoe and how much of a mentor he oh, was yeah. to him. It's like the fact that you know Tom, you know Drew Bledsoe is just known as this guy that you know Tom that was you know couldn't take this Patriots roster anywhere. And then as soon as Tom steps in, they win three Super Bowls in four years. But yet to hear Tom still talk so glowingly about Drew. Even knowing the context of what Drew did with the roster and what he did the roster, it was just kind of incredible, like how grateful he was for everything that he had. Obviously, you know, there's the you know, he gets sometimes too into it, won't shake other quarterbacks' hands after some tough losses and stuff like that. But that's just you know, every hardcore competitor is going to be that way. So it was a great run. The NFL won't feel the same. I I don't know about you. I don't have any memories of Tom Brady not playing. So you know, nine born in '99 time I have memories, Tom Brady had already had like three Super Bowls. So like, it'll be weird to see an NFL without Tom Brady in it. It'll be a weird experience. It's like the WWE without The Undertaker. I totally, I totally get what you're saying. He's been out of the game for two years. It's, it's WrestleMania season. WrestleMania is coming up. We're on the road to WrestleMania. There's no Undertaker. Yes. But yeah, no. Okay, obviously. Most of you can't relate to that, but I can. <laughs> Tom Brady will not be playing in another NFL game. Uh, some of the best moments. I think we got to start with Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win against yes. the then St. Louis Rams. Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf. Was it against Kurt Warner? Because yes. it came down to an Adam Vinatieri field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady, it was 2017 was the final in that game. Yes, I Tom Brady, so. that was, what year was that? 2003, 2004? Uh, 2001, because it, it would be the... Because 03 and 04 yeah. was third and fourth. He mm-hmm. didn't win again until 2014, 2015 season. Yes. That's crazy. Decade, won a decade without winning. Is so that... He beats the Rams in his first Super Bowl. Two of them came down to Adam Vinatieri field mm-hmm. goals. I think it was, Ram, it was Rams, Carolina, Eagles. I can't remember if it was Carolina first or Eagles first. His first three were a win against the Rams, Carolina, and the Eagles. And then he goes on to face Eli twice against the New York football Giants. And Let's go, Eli. Both. Two of the greatest Super Bowl games of all time. Let's talk about that. that that's also his best season ever, you could say. The oh, the Randy Moss year with the, 50 touchdowns. The 2007 like, oh season, God. perfect season heading into Super Bowl 42. 19-0 going into that game. He right just right just down that, that, that way. It was in Glendale. Glendale. What was it called at the time? Oh, that was University of Phoenix Stadium University at the time. of Phoenix Stadium at the time. 17-14, Giants pull off the upset. The David Tyree helmet catch, Plaxico Burris, before he shot himself the next season. He didn't kill himself, but he shot himself. He did. No, no that's why. That's why the, the giggle straight, came out. Straight through the flesh. Yeah, Zach, Zach doesn't encourage murder. But, <laughs> um, then they lose the Mario Manningham catch, 21-17. Brandon Jacobs with a touchdown at the end. And then they go on to beat... The Seattle Seahawks. Ten we thought we, they the were unbeatable, uh, especially what they did to Peyton Manning's Broncos the year the before. The thing is, everyone will say the Seattle Seahawks should have won that football. Oh, game. they should have. First and goal with 24 seconds left. You have the great. You have the best running back in the game at that point, Marshawn Lynch. How do you not run the football, Pete Carroll? Like, at, least twice, at least twice. At least twice. At least first and second down. You like, have 24 seconds to spare. You had multiple timeouts too. Yeah. Amazing play by Malcolm Butler, and that just shows Bill Belichick's coaching, obviously, the fact that he was ready for that. But, yeah, that one's wild. Then it was... Brady uh, won the MVP that year, too. I think was, it was then they beat the uh, Jared Goff Rams. Yep. Then they lost to Nick Foles' Eagles. That was a wild... That was a high, high scoring. He played amazing in that game. It's a shame Nick Foles just, for whatever reason, performed like he was a Super Bowl-playing mm. caliber quarterback. I mean, the first Tom Brady had 500 yards in that in that loss, though. Like, he, was, he played phenomenal. That wasn't on him. And then beat the... 
Was it the... No, it was the the Falcons was before the Rams. So it was Falcons. So it was Seahawks was four, and then Falcons was five, five. two years after mm-hmm. that fact. Then Eagles lost. Well, then that Rams. was his greatest Super Bowl, being down twenty-eight to three at halftime. To be fair, they get the the Falcons gave that away. If they don't get an offsides or like Matt Ryan takes a sack, they're kicking a field goal, make it an eleven-point lead, and he's not winning. But the fact that when Tom Brady gets when you give Tom Brady an upper like the smallest opening. He'll take it. That was the thing. It's like the, he definitely had a lot of luck. A lot of things go his way in his career, but he took every time you gave him an inch. That was it. You could not give Tom Brady an inch. If you did, it was over. I mean, we saw in his final game, twenty-seven to three, with minimal time left in the third quarter yes. against Matthew Stafford and the Rams, and he ties it up at twenty-seven. That was crazy. That was. For, it was like they, were two down, touchdowns. they were down by two touchdowns with four minutes left. It's, it was never too little time for Tom Brady. It was it was wild. So I think that was his best Super Bowl. The win against Dan Quinn, um, oh man, twenty eight to three. They win that one in overtime. James White with the touchdown to win it, mm-hmm. and then they lose to the Eagles the following year. Yes, they were going for a repeat, and they lose to the Eagles. Then it was the then it was the Rams victory the year after that. So they went three, to the, in three in a row. They went to three in a row. And then they beat the Rams. That was not a well-played football game on either side. I mean, Julian Edelman was the Super Bowl MVP, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? That's, that's how you when know. When a receiver right? gets MVP, that's how you know, oof, that was probably not a and great game. And then in game. his final year with the Pats was the ne- year later, he lost in the wild card round. For like to the, the first Titans. time in forever, right? To Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, we, we're not a big fan of, but he somehow, that roster lost to Ryan Tannehill and those Tennessee Titans. And then he, then he makes the shocking decision. I didn't think he was going to leave, but he leaves New England after 20 seasons. Yes. I think he announced that he wasn't going back to the Patriots before he signed with with the team, right? Yes, so, like, he did he say he's he was like, leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, he said he like, was he said he was leaving the Patriots. He gave like that like goodbye post, but he didn't announce the team till like a you couple never weeks see later. That. You never see that. Normally, it's the same I feel like time. you usually sign with someone, then you thank your former team. That's how Tom confident Brady. he was. Someone was going to sign him, though. That's how confident he was. Dude. He was a six-time Super Bowl champion. Are Dude, you kidding you, me? You, you, for, you forget the narrative at the time. But even the Tampa, you forget. Even the Tampa Bay Bucks, like the Jets were probably thinking like, uh, ticket sales, ticket sales, ticket sales. There were sales, actually right? only two teams that actually made offers on him. It was Tampa Bay, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was Miami. Because like, cause remember, he's that, he's, um, there's that famous quote for him where it's just like, you picked me over that mother effer when he was like talking about like how one team chose not to go with him. The room we never know what team that was. The rumor is that it was the Tennessee Titans choosing to stick with Ryan Tannehill over him. But you, you people forget at the time, there people thought Tom Brady was on the down on the downwards. That it was like, eh, at this year we don't want to do it. People forget like Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft were not alone by far from it from thinking that it was it was over him that he was. That he was, you know, just going off into the sunset. So obviously Tampa took the chance and it paid off dividends. But it was the Super Bowl in his very first year. Yeah, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. He couldn't have wrote it up any better. No storybook. Really couldn't have. And they beat Patrick Mahomes, literally passing of the torch almost. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady versus his mini me. Twenty years from now, Patrick Mahomes is going to win a lot of Super Bowls. Yeah, that's that's my last question before we move on to our next segment and talking about Tom Brady. So. Obviously, clear goat, best full player of all time. Do you think in our lifetime, which you know, because we're we're young, so it means more more from this perspective, being you know only twenty three. Do you think by the time we're like ninety, like the end of our lives, there will be another player that even comes close in the argument that you could even argue for? Because right now, there's no one that you could yeah, even argue. Yeah, I mean, you're literally, they need seven Super Bowls to at very least get be in the discussion. Do right? you think that'll happen? Do you think in our it lifetime? Could. 
I'm not. Know. I'm not saying so. it's it's definite, but it could. So much went his. He was so talented, and so many like things went his way. He had the same coach for 20 years. He had an owner that, unlike Jerry Jones or other owners, didn't get that involved. If there's one in our lifetime right now, Pat Mahomes, I, I only see him, the chance. I see him winning five Super Bowls by the time it's all said and done. The Kansas City Chiefs will be a threat in the AFC for the next two decades. All right. So over, if the over under for Patrick Mahomes Super Bowls was three and a half, are you going the over or under? At three over, and a half. Over. I think I might right go now. the under. I think he might only win. And then we'll talk more. in 20 years and see what happens. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I think Pat Mahomes has what it takes to be yeah. the next. He's definitely the next face of football. Absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, that was send off to one of the greatest careers in any sport we've ever seen. Now talk about a bit, of, a bit less happy news regarding football. Brian Flores, the former Ooh. Miami Dolphins head coach, is currently in a class action lawsuit against... The NFL, I believe, specifically targeting the New York Giants, who hired their coach before interviewing him or any other minority candidate, which goes against the Rooney rule. I mean, we discussed, we were kind of shocked that, you know, Brian Flores got fired for, like, how good of a coach he was and, like, how well he was, you know, managing that ship. This is an interesting development. I Clearly, if you're, if you're assuming that means you're, like, this is on principle, I'm okay with being, you know blacklisted, blackballed from coaching in the future, at least in the at the NFL level. But uh, I'm very curious what your thoughts are on that because I support him because he definitely broke protocol on that. But I, I, I'm surprised, as young as he is relative for, co- for a coach, that he chose to... Right, his reputation isn't quite, like, confirmed. Yeah. It's not like... Obviously, people loved him. People, like, think he's a great coach, but yeah. he's probably not going to get it. You... you you sue the NFL, and specifically a team as big as the New York Giants, you're probably not going to get another chance. Right, it says less than three hours after Brian Flores' lawsuit became public, the NFL issued a statement vowing to defend against claims it says are without merit. Yeah, I, I see. My, my thing is just like it depends. Well, when we get the more details on the lawsuit, if if the Giants did in fact make their hiring decision before they interviewed Flores or another minority candidate, that's just you know by letter of the Rooney Rule. You know, that's that would be a violation. But, I mean, the Rooney Rule exists for a reason. It's, you know, a 60%, you know, uh, black league. And we have Mike Tomlin. And the only other minority coach besides that right now is Ron Rivera. So I understand why that exists. And I understand the frustration. But I'm going to hold off judgment from that. But I, I'm just a little saddened by this just because, regardless of how this lawsuit go, goes, I was interested to see Brian Flores in a new spot see him with a better quarterback than Tua, but looks like we're not going to get that anymore. Uh, Jerry Jones came out saying we can do better as a league as well. Did you read about the Brian Flores text exchange with Bill Belichick? No, I have not read that one yet. Uh, Well, Brian Flores on his text exchange with Bill Belichick saying it was humiliating, so whatever that is. Mm. It's very interesting to hear because, like, again, like he's not an established, like, No, only three years, yeah. Right? But I mean, it's good time, three good years, but, you know, not only three years. But at the same time, it's such an important issue into today's world where it's like it's going to get eyeballs, right? Yeah. No, I... I, I don't I, think everyone's on board with it, but obviously the right people are backing him. No, yeah, it'll be... The fact that he has Jerry in his corner, I think, is a good sign. You know, because Jerry's, you know, Mr. America, Mr., you know, uh, America's team and all that. So to have someone like Jerry on your side, I think, is a big deal along with Bill. It'll be interesting, but that's all. Unless that's all I have for the NFL, which 
takes us to the end of the first half of the show, which, do you know what that means, Jack? Unfortunately, it is time for the Michael, Michael Sarah, Sarah Halftime Report. Report. Cue out that Michael Sarah Halftime Report graphic with the pickle in the desert, Hank. I am. I think you scrambled at the very last minute to put something but together I got a good for us. one. I got a good one. So, Michael Sarah, you know, he's not considered, you know, a Hollywood leading man, but he sure is never, a romantic. He sure is a romantic. Let me tell you. Yeah, just ask Aubrey Plaza. Amazing, amazing story. So that so there's obviously we talked about the Aubrey Plaza one in the past. You know, them traveling around after you know filming Scott Pilgrim, almost getting married in Vegas. We talked about that one. Got an even more romantic one. So 2009, this is a year before Scott Pilgrim released and two years after Superbad. So this is pretty much at the height of his powers. He uh, produced, wrote, and did the score for an independent film called Paper Heart, released in 2009. And it stars him playing a fictionalized version of himself. And it is basically a love letter to his girlfriend at the time, Shailene Yi. They both wrote the movie together. They How do you play a fictional it? version of yourself? It's just like the version of yourself that you want to be? No, it's a fictional. So basically, it's a different character, but it's basically just the character is inspired by their actual relationship. That's why I say a fictionalized version. Uh, it's not Michael Sarah in the in the movie. Because everybody knows Michael Sarah is exactly what he's like in uh, This is the End by Seth Rogen. <laughs> I hope not. That would That's be exactly so sad. Michael no, Sarah is. No, don't. But anyway, but yeah, they scored the movie together. They wrote. Uh, she She wrote it. He helped. They produced it. And they did the score together. So, you know, there's flowers, there's chocolates, you know, there's renting out, you know, a nice restaurant. That's this not man how made dates a movie. Work, believe it or not. This man made a movie and a score, a movie soundtrack scored together. If that's not the cane of romance, I don't know what is. So we realized Michael Sarah, king uh, of 2000s film comedy, absolute king. And uh, we also learned so. him and Judd Apatow together. Absolute dynamic duo. Uh, eclectic. We talked about tennis. We talked about all of these other activities. Him being, you know, backup musician in bands and traveling bands and stuff. Making, you know, appearances in Weezer tracks. And now, one of the greatest romance... Ro- yeah. Greatest romancers of our age, of our, de- of our decade, of our time, of our millennia. There's way nothing. too much praise. I, th- I honestly think we've given him way too much time on this uh, edition of the Michael Sarah Halftime well, Report. That, so we'll, we're close gonna, we we'll, we'll close we're it out. We're going to wrap it up. This that was the Michael, Michael Sarah Halftime, Halftime Report. Report. I don't want to hear anything about Michael Sarah for the rest of the show. Okay. Especially during this segment where I p- review the WWE oh, Royal Rumble. This Saturday, past Saturday in St. Louis, was quite the spectacle. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. Okay, the, the three main events. There was a 30-man Royal Rumble match, the uh-huh. 30-woman Royal Rumble match. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. It's always more. WWE always (laughs) provides more. That's why there's two nights of WrestleMania now instead of one. It's a little too much. Because not a lot of it's very good. But I will say, Royal Rumble was very good. Ronda Rousey returned for the first time in three years to win the uh, Women's Royal Rumble match. Very exciting stuff. Brock Lesnar loses to Bobby Lashley in the WWE Championship match because Paul Heyman, his manager, turns on him, sides with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns screws Brock Lesnar in the middle of the match, spears him while the referee is down. Paul Heyman hands Roman Reigns the belt. Roman Reigns then slams Brock Lesnar's head in with the belt. Bobby Lashley becomes the new WWE Champion. Brock Lesnar then enters the Royal Rumble match later on in the night, wins the Royal Rumble match, and we have a confirmed Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship in the main event of WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas at AT AT&T Stadium. 
We then had Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Uh, for WWE fans back in the day, they were two-thirds of the Shield. It was Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, who is now John Moxley, and All Elite Wrestling. Okay? Seth Rollins comes out in the Shield gear, basically like army wear. You know, very exciting, very big nostalgia moment for fans. Came out to their music and everything to get inside Roman Reigns' head. Five-star wrestling match ends in a DQ. Roman Reigns hits him in the back of the chair, or back in the uh, back with a steel chair, which is very nostalgia as well, because Seth Rollins did that to break up the shield back in 2014. So Roman Reigns wins the match, but he loses He loses the match via disqualification, but keeps his title, uh, which leads us to the Elimination Chamber event in Saudi Arabia, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, in just three weeks, where Bobby Lashley will defend the WWE Championship inside the Elimination Chamber against Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Austin Theory, and uh, one more irrelevant guy that won't win the match because Brock Lesnar is going to win the match. And it's going to be title for title at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion, versus Roman Reigns, the universal champion, in the main event of WrestleMania. So that was the Royal Rumble event. Elimination Chamber coming up in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia in just a few weeks before WrestleMania in Dallas. Uh, that was a fantastic recap, but it is just so weird to see you make fun of like all of my nerdy interests and then you just like gush about the WWE. I, great recap. No, that was actually, I almost got me excited for WWE if I hadn't seen it before and thought it was a mess. But I great sales pitch. WWE sponsor this man. I like this. This is a good spokesperson. Oh, like this, this is breaking like news this, too. Oh. So we were talking about Robin and I were talking about right before we came on who's Your running. Flashlight on. So Vince McMahon, yes it is. <laughs> so Vince McMahon um pushed Shane out again. Shane McMahon quit the WWE again. For the second time in like two decades. Wow. So he came back in 2016. I just looked up WWE rumors. Shane McMahon out of the company after Royal Rumble appearance. So uh, he got some heat and he's out. I can't wait to read into that a little bit more. But uh, what's next? So this will this will be a quick one. This is just going our over under. So Why does this always happen? <laughs> so the uh, MLB lockout, not good news on that front. Looking like we're a little bit further from a new agreement being reached. So I want to get... What is your prediction, each of our predictions, on the amount of time of either spring training games or if we're feeling real, you know, doomsday, yeah. how many regular season games are missed due to this lockout? I still don't think that they're going to miss any regular season games, but spring training is absolutely starting late. The fact that they're even farther on coming to an agreement mm -hmm. on certain terms, which is ridiculous. It's all about the fans, right? Like I was on the phone with Darnell McDonald the other day. Again, former yes. Major League Baseball player. He He's in the same boat. Like It's about the fans. That's how you're making your money, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're Absolutely. just losing money by having this uh, this argument here, mm -hmm. right? This is the first lockout in a long time since the 94 season, back when Michael Jordan was playing yes. for the White Sox, yes. right? Um, just get it over with, guys. I think that the spring training season is going to start a couple weeks late. I, I'm still hopeful that they come to an agreement, though, because... This is about the fans, and I, I don't see them dragging this on into April. So we're still just in February. Spring training was supposed to kick off. Uh, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in two weeks. I could see it being like a month, though. So I, I, I agree, agree with you on the fact where I don't think it might go deep into April. I would not be surprised if, you know, deals and reach are like April 6th, April 7th. And I, I think that, like, spring training not only gets, like, delayed, greatly delayed, I think it's like cut in half, and I think you take out like ten regular season games because like this is adamant. The fact that you know two weeks away 
and that's when things get further apart. Normally, that's when you sort of see concessions being made as the deadline gets this close. Two weeks away from pitchers and catcher, catchers reporting, and they're the fur- the reports are they're the furthest they've ever been in negotiation talks. I-, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I would not be shocked if we saw like somewhere like five, ten games of the regular season missed out just because this lockout holds out to like the first, second week of April. Again, that's not even like, because 162 games, he cut that to down to like 150. Hmm. No, no, bad. bad thing, but you know, just revenue. That's, you know, it's ironic, you know, having to, you would have this you're huge fight about. trying to make about, more money. And, and then yeah, you lose a bunch of, because you lose, you know, there's 30 teams, so you lose what, like 30, 40, 50 games, let's say if you, you miss five, if there's five games that are out, that's a huge amount of TV revenue. It's like, oh, whatever, you know, increase either side got. Well, that's a wash now for the first year because, you know, you lost all the spring training, you lost some regular season revenue. But I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope you know, they reach an agreement within two weeks and we have seen no delays. But it'll be, be real interesting to see what the happens. Spring training is an awesome time if you live in the Phoenix area, yes. if you live in Florida. It's a little bit more spread out in the Grapefruit League, but here in the Cactus League, they're all right here. Yes, they are. They're all right here. The Giants and two other teams alone are in Scottsdale. Yeah, my uncle always comes down, huge, huge Giants fan, season ticket holder for, I think, like, caught, like almost a decade now. He loves to come down here, and I always go with him. It's a great time. But, yeah, so that's, that's that news. Uh, we did WWE, so for our last segment, we have two interesting things to talk about, both related to the NBA. First, LeBron James out again with a knee injury. He's in year 19, and uh, he seems to be having another injury. So we'll go over, you know, despite, you know, leading the league in scoring right now and having a great year 19, Father Time looks like he's knocking on his door. Curious your thoughts on whether or not he'll make it through the season injury-free, especially with, you know, the Lakers. Well, he already hasn't. So 27. I meant more that, like the rest that of... That discussion's out the window. You know but what yeah, I meant. I'm shocked. I mean, 19 years, he's still fairly young, too. Yeah, 37. Yeah. 37. Because he, he entered old. before he had to go to college for one year. He was still when you go straight from high school. So it was straight from St. Vincent, St. Mary's to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But there's that. And then I also wanted to go over... It's All-Star break. So we got All-Star weekend coming up in Cleveland pretty soon that's exciting but i kind of wanted to go over these standings with you and think get your like mid-season predictions on some of these uh and where these nba teams will wind up so in the western conference the phoenix suns let's go baby number one seed in the conference right now at 41 and 9 Followed by the Warriors, then the Grizzlies, the Jazz, the Mavericks. Well, we always knew that was going to happen. That the Warriors, when they were all healthy, they were they were coming back. Yeah, they were going to be good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got so we got yeah we got the we got the Warriors, we got the Grizzlies, we got the Jazz, we got the Mavericks, got the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Clippers, and then right now they have to be playing the play-in. They're not an eight seed. Lakers at nine, Trailblazers at ten. So that's the way the seeding is in the Western Conference right now. The Eastern Conference, we got the Chicago Bulls, somehow the number one seed right now. Zach Levine is, and DeMar DeRozan, uh, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, all playing great out there. Joel Embiid has to be the front runner for MVP. That's my prediction, is that Joel Embiid will win MVP because right now they're number two, only a game behind there. Then you got the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, let's go. Yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference is right, basically the hold AFC. On. I'm getting a call from our, uh, from our studio boy. I'm going to put him on speaker, see what he, he wants to say. All right, you can hear me? Yeah. yeah. All right, Jack, get off your laptop. It's rude. What? He's saying get off your laptop. Why? He just said it's rude. 
That was it. That was awesome. Did you just call in just to like make Jack look like a jackass? That's awesome. Don't you have like your thought board? Why do you have to call? Oh, that was, that's even better. Look you at him. You interrupted the entire <laughs> vibe him. of the show. Look at him. You well, know. that's the thing. I'm actually very attractive, so when he zooms in on me, you could actually wow. see my blue eyes, right? What are you trying to apply eyes, there? Right? What's, the, what's, the Im- what's the implication there, You know what? Jack? We have a way to call in through the board. He can always pick oh, up the phone and call see, through the like board. He, we got creative eyes. See, there's always Those are great eyes. There. You do have great eyes, Jack. No, he's getting that. into my dry skin. It's a little too much. <laughs> but yeah. Everyone has faults. So yeah, like I said, then so then number four, Evan Mobley, who is my pretty... I mean, this might be. I may. I get he is young, so this might be some bias. I might be going too extreme. I think Evan Mobley might be the defensive player of the year. The Cavaliers forced. He'd only a game and a half out of first there. Then we got you know the defending champ, Milwaukee Bucks at fifth, Brooklyn Nets six, Charlotte Hornets with you know Lamelo Ball at seven, uh, Raptors at eight, Celtics. We're at going nine, back Hawks way too much now, but the, they're all involved. Like I was saying before, Hank so rudely interrupted the vibe of the show. <laughs> The the uh, the Eastern Conference is basically the AFC of the NBA. Yes, so loaded. I mean, those. I mean, let's see the difference between not even loaded. It's just like anybody could come out of I mean, yeah, the Eastern the, Conference. We're like the Suns and the Warriors. That that is your um, Western Conference final. Yes, I, I don't think as good as John Morant, John Morant is playing amazing for the Grizzlies. Don't get me wrong. He is what he is doing is amazing. I think everyone everyone knows it's like okay, who gets the honor of getting to go to the second round to play the Suns and Warriors? I think it's pretty clear Suns and Warriors. It's going to be the conference championship. I mean, pick you can pick any two teams of those. I mean, uh, you'd say probably Cavs are the only team that aren't quite there, but I mean, the difference between the Bulls, the one seed, and the Nets, the six seed, is three games. That is super, super close, all those teams are. Uh, I'm curious, which two teams do you think will make the Eastern Conference Finals out of those six, out of those top six seeds right now? I think the Bucks will definitely... They're kind of. I'm gonna compare the Milwaukee Bucks to the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. Like they're kind of like they're they're still very much in the mix. A game and a half out, but like mm. with so many teams still involved, you could literally just like throw it up in the air and you could be right, right? But yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks have been there before. They're your defending NBA champions. Mm-hmm. They're gonna find a way to pull it out in the end. I I'm willing to say that they're gonna end up being the one seed out of all of this. Too, I think by, that's by fair. The over. I think that's fair. They've been really good. It was just a bad start to the season. You know, like, yo, you know, we don't need to try and everything. They had some injuries early on and some COVID, but I agree with that. I think it'll be Buck Sixers. I know Joel Embiid, like, he has Matisse Thibel and he has some other players out there, but, you know, they just have Ben Simmons sitting on the sidelines. Uh, and I get they don't have a lot of help, but Joel Embiid is just one of the. I think he should have won MVP. And when he, if he does get injured, which would be one of the best. MVP years I've seen in a long time, and uh, I think I think he will rally the 76ers. And I, I I still think the Bucks probably get back, and the Bucks play the winner of the Suns Warriors in the finals. I'm giving the 76ers a puncher's chance to beat the Bucks, though. I think Joel Embiid is playing that good right now. And remember, for all of those people watching, viewer discretion is advised. We're almost never right with our picks, so if you use us as hold advice on, I, for hold, your pick making, hold on, then, uh, I was over 70 percent in Christmas games. 70%. That's a C minus. Not in betting. In betting, that's a good. That's good in betting. That's not good for the casinos, though. They don't recommend 70%. Hey, they, the casinos love everybody. Me everybody in loses. Casinos Someone love me in NFL. Loses. I'm just under 50%, which is the hell the which makes the casino the house win, but it makes people think there's enough of a chance they still bet. If anything, the house loves me with NFL. House will hate me. 
NBA because I actually know my stuff there. But, you know, House probably loves us, NFL, sitting around that, you know, just under 50% on average. I'm willing to bet House doesn't even know who Zach Kelly is. House is just a bitch. Oh, right. He is. Can you call again and say that he's rude, Hank? I was just like, I don't know. Maybe call him, on, interrupt him on his computer that he's looking at. What, what are you saying? Computer. I'm not even paying attention. Wow. I'm on my laptop well, right now. Well, that was all I had to say. Do you want to have a, do you have a prediction for, you know, either coach of the year, MVP, Diva, now that we're halfway through the season for the NBA, any of the major awards? Any prediction? I told you, I think Evan Mobley, Defensive Player of the Year, Joel Embiid, MVP, probably Monty Williams of the Suns, Coach of the Year, I would have to say. He got snubbed last year. Uh, any, any predictions or, you know, early finals predictions? Any other predictions you got before we close? I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns repeating as the Western Conference champs. That's what I like to hear. And I'm going with my home state Former New Jersey, now really? Brooklyn. Even coming around hurt right now. Wow. That's right. They are going to come out of the woodworks, and they are going to find a way to climb, wow. climb through the Eastern Conference playoff format and win the Eastern Conference wow. Finals. Wow, that's a bold one. I like that. I like that prediction. And that's then, what I wanted last year. We almost got it, but then and you know, Kevin Durant's foot was just a tiny bit smaller. You you might have like he almost like yep. you. Yeah, so that's, that's the that's the NBA right now. Obviously, NBA lawn regular season, so many teams make it. So there's not really any predictions to make. But once the play-in starts come April, we will have a lot more exciting stuff to talk about come the NBA. And we will definitely be betting on each of those playoff series and those games. So I don't even want to look forward to. But that's all I have for uh, this week, unless you have any other things you want to say. I think that uh, will close us out. What? All right, Hank, put the camera on me. I'm signing out this show. This was Always Bet uh, with Zach and Jack, sponsored by betonline.ag. Sign up for that 50% code, capital B-L-E-A-V-50. Hank, cue the lights, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.